This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Hi there. You're about to listen to one of the original Shrink Chicks episodes. We think it's so amazing that you're here, but we do have to warn you that what might not be so amazing is the sound quality of this episode. We started this podcast in Emily, my bedroom back in 2019 with two really bad mics, one mediocre recording device, and zero idea about what we were doing. If you are sensitive to sound quality, we encourage you to check out season two and beyond where we learned a little bit more about podcasting and also we just outsourced our audio. Thanks so much for being here and enjoy today's episode. Hi, welcome Hi. to Shrink Chicks. Shrink Chicks, we're back Gen with M. another episode. That's what they tell us. Today, we're going to talk about being single, which I think is really important to talk about because we live in a society where, like, the expectation is that you have to be in a relationship. Or you should want to. And, like, for some of us, being single is a completely appropriate, amazing, empowered choice. Some people don't feel that way. So let's talk about all those different points. And we got a lot of good questions. A ton of amazing questions. So we're going to hopefully get to everyone's today. Um, but let's start out talking a little bit about, like, dating's exhausting. Yeah? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I talk to clients all the time and friends who find it very exhausting, especially when you're trying to maintain a full-time job. <laughs> it's like a second full-time job. I think because also, like... I don't know if it always was seen that way, but, like, because there's so much – I can't even tell you how many clients I have that just say, like, I don't want to meet someone on an app. I want to just, like, meet them at a bar. Organically. Organically, right? Like, we now we have this fantasy, which is so funny because, like, probably before that was, like, never a thing. And now for us, it's like, oh, like, here's hoping I meet someone randomly. It's a, it's a meet cute. Yeah, I want this, like, more romantic thing. Yes. When really just the reality is, is, like, life and society has changed and the way dating has changed. And people don't look up as often as they used to, right? Mm. So like... Well, if I'm at a bar checking my apps, I don't even notice I'm in a bar with people. Exactly. So like people are on their phones all the time. They're not looking up. They're not focusing on engaging with new people as much. Like what about people who don't drink? (laughs) 
Exactly. Or like don't have like a large social life or like are more introverted. Right. So like where do you find people then? I mean, it makes it, it it's just become so difficult. Yeah. So that's why we wanted to talk about being single because especially too at certain ages, there's so much pressure on being in a relationship and that's all anyone asks you about at like Thanksgiving dinner. So then you get like, a, oh my God, with the holidays coming up, like oh, this all totally comes this up, This is right? a really good one to it's talk great, about while the holidays come up. And like one of the things to think about is like we we get really into this place. I know we talked about this on other episodes where we get so focused on something, we end up settling and compromising. Yes. And a lot of times that doesn't serve us and we don't end up in the happiest, healthy relationship. Maybe we could. And here's the thing is no one is ever going to be perfect. Perfect doesn't exist. Right? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean we have to uns- we have to settle for like unhealthy situations. And so also one of the reasons why we wanted to focus on this is because our last three episodes we're about dating we're about dating and relationships and the fact of the matter is it's not right for everyone it doesn't have to be you know what your focus is and a lot of us feel like oh you know I have to focus on this this is something that others expect of me because you're getting those questions all the time who are you dating lately yeah like how's your and I even do you know like we do that to our friends because you want to hear about their dating lives. Yeah. I was actually at your wedding. Oh. I was sitting next to a friend of yours who I think is just the bee's knees. I mm-hmm. think she's so great. You mm. know who I'm talking about. I do. Um, love you, little blondie. And <laughs> I said, are you dating anyone right now? And she said, no. And I said, that's fucking awesome. And she looked at me and said, thank you so much for saying that. Right, because... because she said, usually when I say that to someone, like, I'm single, they say, like, oh, you'll find someone. And she's like, that's not, like, that's, like, the worst thing you can say to me. Because people operate under the assumption that that's what you should be doing. Or that's exactly. what you want, too. Right? And some people don't want that. Absolutely. Like, some people make the choice to be single. And, you know, I think that's important, too, that we talk about being single as a choice rather than a condition. Yeah. And so what do you think some of the reasons are that people choose to be single? I think some people just are focusing on other things. Right. How about their career, their health, their family? You know, there's a million things else you can be focused on. Because like I said, dating can be exhausting. Sometimes we just simply don't have the time of day. And like if you think about going on first dates over and over and over again, it's like you have to continually open yourself up to someone new. I mean, it's it's like going on interviews. Oh my god, it is, it and, really and and it's is. so anxiety producing. Oh my god, I mean, if you if you connect with someone, it shouldn't feel like an interview, but it's a lot of fucking work. It is well, especially for someone who maybe struggles to be like their authentic self, and like being in those situations are incredibly like some people just have anxiety, right. right? Like going into new situations are like stressful for them. So even if you feel connected to someone, it could still be really hard. And I think someone asked us a question about that, like introverts. Uh, and this they was, did a few episodes, right? Ago, a few episodes, about that, yeah. But yeah. That that like, what about introverts who have to date? Like, it makes it difficult. Yeah. And so somebody asked the amazing question: How do I get out of the mindset I'm supposed to be married at my age? Listen, you're going to get that message from almost everywhere. <laughs> that's I think that's what's up. You're going to get you, it from social media. Yep. You're going to get it from your, from your family, from your family, from, your community, from friends, from work, everyone, right? And everyone's going to give you advice on what you should or shouldn't do. Exactly. So, think about this. Am I single because I want to be? How do I feel about the situation? For me, is it important to be married this age? At what reason am I putting that pressure on myself? Where is this pressure coming from? You know, it's hard to get out of a mindset. The same thing as like diet culture. Like we constantly 
think we're supposed to be working on weight loss or like working on a diet. And it's just simply not true. It's just socially constructed ideas of how it should function. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go along with that. I think, too, if we operate under the assumption that we should be in a relationship, then we constantly feel bad about being single. But there are so many positive things that come from being single. Oh, my God. Yeah, let's talk about those. I think that that's one of the most okay, important right? things to oh drive my God. home so, on so, this podcast. Okay, so there was this um, – there, Paul Dolan, mm-hmm. who is this behavioral science professor, professor in, like, London or some shit, right? And he has this <laughs> book, um, Happy Ever After, Escaping the Myths of the Perfect Life. And this is the funniest thing I've ever read. Are you ready? So this is literally what Dolan says. Married people are happier than the other population subgroups, but only when their spouse is in the room when they're asked how happy they are. Oh, that's very interesting. When they actually went and did the research, people changed their answers almost completely. Wow. When they weren't like worried about other people hearing them. Because I think, too, you know, everyone's concerned about looking happy in relationships. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then so then here is the other. So then there was this 2017 study in the Journal of Women's Health. And this talked about that single women had um, lower B. I, first of all, BMI is bullshit. But yeah. still, we're just going to take this. But, but just so you know, for, we do not believe weight is in any way associated with health. But it talks <laughs> about lower BMIs and lower, like, risk-associated um with smoking alcohol all this health related stuff than married counterparts who basically you're you're healthy or single (laughs) okay and also there was another there's an article and actually there's no author so i apologize it's from mental floss um they have 11 different points about why being like science-backed benefits of being single (laughs) like this is like literally scientifically proven scientifically proven that if single people exercise more which builds your endorphins, which makes you happier. And happy people don't kill their husbands. Happy people don't. What's that? <laughs> Wait, what's that from? From Legally Blonde. Oh, yeah, that's good. That is good. Uh, maintain a healthier weight. I mean, we just talked we don't, about that. We don't. We, fuck weight. Yeah, fuck Your that. weight doesn't fucking fuck matter. That. I'm your sorry. We even, fucking matter. Sorry we're even saying it. Yeah. They sleep better. That matters. Okay. Also, <laughs> that matters a lot. I believe that. Oh uh, yeah, literally. Like my, we had to buy a king size bed. I was because the- because our it helped our marriage. I cannot tell you that we are happier with a king size bed. I I don't want to touch you in my sleep. I don't want to fucking touch you. I'm in a queen now. Ugh, and we it's a big difference. We also have our dog in the bed and our cat in the bed. I'm sleeping like a like I am all contorted. My body is in these like weird. And you weird... don't sleep great as it is. No, no. My body's in these weird positions. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, they do less housework, which I definitely believe. <laughs> because I am doing housework constantly. That's how I feel. Yep. But uh, well, you know what it is. Like if when you were single, if you can remember back that far. Yeah. I can. Because you like are you're only affecting yourself. It's amazing. Well, it's like like living by myself is the happiest time of my life. Exactly. But there's, so the next thing it talks about is like they're closer to friends and family. There's a great new show on Netflix, Doll, uh, I'm sorry, on Hulu, Dollface. Have you seen it? No. Tell it's me about really it. It's really great. And it's about a woman who her boyfriend breaks up with her. And then it's the story of her like that she ditched all of her friends to be in this relationship because it wasn't like convenient for him. Oh. And so it's her trying to like reintegrate back into friendships and that's a challenge i think that happens a lot i think it happens all the time so and also when you have more time to focus on your family and friends you get closer to them yeah absolutely apparently they have less debt that's hard for me to believe is that true oh my god it's true guys they have less debt that's actually very interesting 
I'm going to go send out some divorce papers right now. Um, apparently, they're less. <laughs> a less Just kidding. Erin, <laughs> she's kidding. <laughs> they're less stressed. Apparently, a study in 2014 found that marital stress may make couples more prone to depression, while couples who experienced severe ongoing marital stress were less able to enjoy positive experiences. Did you know? I didn't know, but like all of this is incredibly convincing. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing, it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. So here's the other thing, right? Is that like we get this obsession I think it often starts for a lot of us um, in our late 20s about settling down, about going forward. There are so many of us, especially like in the millennial generation, grew up with divorced parents. And it's very important for us to not get divorced. If we often, if you came from a divorced family, that's like a really important priority for you. So wait, <laughs> wait longer, know yourself more, do the work. And then when you're ready, if you so choose to be in a relationship, you can make that call. And apparently people who wait longer 
to get married or be in a relationship, they're less likely to get divorced in the future. It's true. If you get married, like, past, I think, like, the first one they did is, like, if you get married after 25, your your rate of divorce goes down something like 53% or 73. It's a massive fucking number. That's insane. And then, again, if you get married after 30, it's even better. So okay. Like, so what would you guess one of the reasons for that is? Because people get married without knowing themselves. Yes, we did it again. <laughs> know yourself. We're yes. just going to repeat it over and over again. Because the more you know yourself, the better choices you can Absolutely. make. Um, the less reactive you and, are. Yeah, so like, so there is this idea, and a lot of us um, have it from our family, that like getting married earlier, having children sooner, this is the way to go. And it's just not necessarily true at all. All there right. is no right and wrong. When we have these black and white mindsets, that can end up really screwing ourselves. Right. And I think we grow up with very specific beliefs. Yeah. Right. And they can develop from our families. Mm-hmm. Right. So like whether our parents, you know, got in relationships very early, you know, we might have this idea, oh, you know, because my parents were married in their early 20s or they met in college, that that's what I'm supposed to do. And if you don't do that, then you automatically start to feel like you're doing something wrong. I think people also think that there's like this expiration date. Like if I don't get married now, it's never going to happen. And that's just like simply not true at all. Well, I wonder too if that connects to like having children. I think often it does, biologically, yeah. Right, and so like that biological clock, but that's something, you know, to consider. So, M, it brings up a good point of like, when did your mom have you? My mom had me 43 years old. Right. (laughs) And so... 43 years old, and I'm perfect, frankly. She's she's a gem. (laughs) So, that's all I'm saying. Like, I am 30 and have a child, so like, that's really, really young. Right. In my opinion. I think this day and age. That's you know, really like young, yes. Back when our parents were younger, I don't know if that was young. I don't it think was it was. It was probably pretty average. Well, how old was your mom when she had you? 30. 30? Yeah. How, how old was your mom when she got married? Actually, she had me at 33 and had my brother at 30, and she got married when she was 22. I literally cannot be imagine being married at 22 years old. Because here's the thing. Your frontal lobe doesn't develop until you're 25, Right. Were they virgins? Sure Can I ask that? Do you know that information? Oof. I mean, I feel bad because my mom's probably <laughs> this. Well, I'm just saying there's a lot of people, if like like this, first of all, virginity is once again a socially constructed idea. Yes. Virginity is not real. So that's a thing. Um, but like some people who are choosing to maintain from having sex yes. until marriage yeah. um, ends up sometimes often getting married younger. So that's a thing. Right. Which that makes goes sense. Into, and that's your everyone's right to choose. Right. Everyone's different. But here's the thing. I think that the most important thing is that we talk about the fact that, like, marriage doesn't have to be the goal. Or, like, being in a relationship doesn't have to be the goal. And I think that we really discredit all the love and joy that relationships can be if we just make them about commitment. The thing is, we can get love from so many different types of relationships. They do not have to be romantic. They do not have to be sexual. And when we we put it into this box of like, oh, well, we break up or just get married. That's it. That's my only choices. We like discredit everything. It's the same thing as like when we talk about, oh, well, f- like a lot of times you'll hear people talk like, well, food is fuel is a reason to not like restrict. And the thing is, food is so much more than fuel. It's social. It's cultural. It's bonding it's stress relief you know there's so many good reasons to have that and when we make it a one or none thing discount all the 
other joy that can come from it. Because here's the thing. You can get certain needs met from other relationships in your life. Oh, goodness. Wait. Brings up an amazing question. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. Okay. Um, wait. Are, are you- <laughs> <laughs> it's a musical interlude. I see. Oh, um, how to overcome hardship and losses without a partner. So that's, yeah, that's the one I thought you were going to bring up. Okay. I was about to say it for you, no. but I didn't want to well, take I it really away. I really wish you would have. I know, I'm sorry. You were really struggling. I was really struggling. <laughs> My Lord. So here's the thing, is that you don't need a romantic partner in order to get through hardships. You can talk to your friends. You can talk to your family. You can hug your dog. You can talk to a therapist. There are so many other options. Once again, it's socially constructed that we need a romantic partner or that they're going to fulfill us or give us the support we need during hard times. Have Have you ever heard of like professional snuggling? Oh, I have actually. How there's mm-hmm. like, are you talking about like the snuggle groups where like people? So you could hire a professional snuggler. Yeah. That comes to your home, mm-hmm. um, and will just told you they are like really open about what this looks like. Um, it's not sexual. It's not romantic. It's literally just like physical touch where you do not have to give anything back to the other person. I've heard about the groups where like it's like a snuggle. It's like two people who are just interested in snuggling. Yeah. Right? They will snuff. So they're both getting something out of it. I've and, heard about that. And I think that, like, that's, like, it's – it's a, some people have relationships that are just romantic or just sexual or just – you know what I mean? Or or neither of those two and just platonic. And, mm-hmm. like, you get to define what those relationships look like for you. And it's not just about a one-on-one relationship. So how do you overcome hardship, hardship and losses without a partner? You find other partners. You it's, find – right. You find other humans. You find it within yourself – you find it through um, therapeutic work. You find it through writing. There are so many ways and so many different ways of healing. So I think one of the things, like if you're going through a hard time and you're looking for that support to ask yourself, like what do I need right now, mm-hmm. right? Like what's going to be the most helpful for, for me? Do I just want physical touch? Do I want a professional cuddler to come into my home? Um, do I want to talk to someone? Who can I talk to about these things? You know, do I want to distract myself in, in a healthy way? And so really thinking about during those times, what is going to be the most helpful support for me? Because also, too, have to remember that sometimes even when you are in a relationship, you're not getting the support that you need. Oh. So the expectation is, oh, I'm going to get the support I need if, if I'm, I'm in a relationship, relationship when that's not necessarily I mean, true. Sorry, to everyone listening to this, I want you to think back into a relationship where, like, none of your emotional needs were met. It probably felt so lonely. Right, because you can feel lonely in a relationship. And honestly, I think it's worse. Right, because someone's there. Yes. You're just not getting what you need. Absolutely, right? So at least, you know, first of all, feeling lonely is a totally normal emotional response. Right. I can feel lonely if I'm sitting there in my marriage. You know, like, it, it, it isn't this horrible thing that it's so bad to ever feel lonely. Dive into that. Meet it with curiosity. What's happening for me? Why am I feeling this way? What do I need? And I think that, you know, when you – sometimes when people are single, the, the assumption is, oh, I'm lonely because I'm single. No, you're lonely because you're human. Yeah. You are feeling loneliness just because that's a very normal human emotion. Mm -hmm. And once again, you can feel lonely when you're in a relationship. And so I think we connect that too often that like I feel lonely because I'm not in a romantic relationship when that is not necessarily true.
So wait, can I? I'm gonna dive into somewhat something somebody wrote in about. Are okay, ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm newly single and I'm 33. All of my friends are married with kids. Looking back in the relationship I just got out of, I wonder if I liked the idea of the relationship more than the guy. He had a lot of baggage and it wasn't an easy thing to jump into, but he made me feel special up until the end. That's really nice. I liked him, but how do you know when you're in a relationship that you actually like the person and not the idea of being in a committed relationship? I have a couple of thoughts. I want to hear all of them. One, the first one I want to start with is... You know, being single is a really good time to, like, really get to know yourself. Know I know yourself. I'm repeating it again. <laughs> know yourself. I'm repeating it again. And so, so because the question here is how do you know when you're in a relationship when you actually like the person or just because you like the idea of being in a committed relationship? And mm-hmm. so the more you understand why you're making certain choices – the easier you're going to be able to decipher between those two things, right? So, like, if you can really understand what it means for you to feel connected to someone or, like, what your underlying motives are for being in a relationship, like, is it just because all of my friends are in a relationship? Is it just because that's what I'm constantly experiencing? Or is it that you actually feel connected to this person? So the more – that's why I know we go back to this constantly and I'm – you know, I apologize for the amount of times we're saying know yourself, but it's just so essential. So let's do this. Let's right now commit that we're going to do an episode that is Know Yourself 101. Yes, and what that means. And what that means. And and, and we're going to do steps to do it. I think that's a great idea. We're committing that to you all. So we – so this is – gets less annoying. But we're sticking by it. We're sticking by it. <laughs> because it just matters so much. Because the questions the questions really connect to really figuring out what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Because, too, we're so influenced by other people, especially in this day and age when we're, con- when we're on social media and we're seeing these happy, you know, we're seeing people seemingly happy in relationships. Yeah. And so our assumption is, oh, these people are happy because they're in relationships. They're getting the support they need because they're in relationships. Yeah. And once again – that is not necessarily true. Absolutely. And it's all fake. It's all fake. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fake in editing. People are just showing what you what they want you okay, to see. Okay, so let me ask you this because we had somebody else bring up a really great concept, which is being single because of your fear of commitment. Ooh. Right? So we're talking about single as like I haven't found the right person or I'm choosing to be single. What about the people who are single because they feel like they cannot commit? I mean, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one, right? And I think it, it, it's coming at it from a different view here. So also, you know when people say, I have commitment issues, that could yeah. mean so many different things. Oh my gosh, so many different things. Because, you know, there could be a million different reasons why those commitment issues come up. I think one of those reasons is fear. Yeah. Fear of being hurt. Mm-hmm. Fear of losing parts of yourself, yeah. which I think is a big one in yeah. relationships. I think also like some people that are so hyper aware of like hurting others and feel like they can't. The reality is, is that, like it's really hard to say I want to be with you forever. Yeah, right. I mean, for us and both of us are married. Yep. And so we stood up with all our friends and all our family and like committed for life to somebody. And the thing is, is that like we can't guarantee that, man. I can try yeah. every single day. I can wake up and I can choose to be with my partner every single day. But it it's not necessarily law. It's not, You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. – right? I mean here's the thing too. Emily and I have a very realistic view of marriage. <laughs> well, and un- romantic. 
and romantic relationships. Well, I, I'm saying unromanticized idea. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like we like are not really like, like going into our marriages. People were like, "Oh my god, are you so excited? Are your soulmates? The and we're like, soulmates don't exist. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we have no a, such thing as one. No such thing as soulmates. Like we." we we have such a realistic idea. Yeah. And so that's what we want to pass on the realistic idea to you too. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash chicks. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Well, the thing is for me, though, is I feel more a power with that, right? Like, yeah. Like, I can say to my partner, like, I can choose every single day to try. Mm-hmm. I can vow to you to try and to keep going. But I think with some people with commitment, it's like this fear of, like, how the fuck can I guarantee that? Like, I'm anxious all the time about all commitments in my life. How can I commit to marriage? Right. And, or any relationship. And that's a really valid emotional response. Well, I also think, too, you know, people tend to say, oh, I have a fear of commitment. Which also could just be a way to validate being single when in reality you don't have to validate being single. Absolutely not. You You can just be single. You can just be single. It doesn't have to be because you have this like 
pathology in some way. Yeah. And I think that it's pathologized in our community, our community, in our society a yeah. lot. Um, you know, that it's it's this, oh, okay, but you're single because you have some sort of pathology. I think it's also like a multi-million dollar industry. I mean, what, what dating coaches get paid. Oof, that's good. How many books are there about finding right, a mate? Right, right. Like, part of this is also... Dating our, apps? It's our capitalist society. Oof. Right, if we want to go deeper into this, like how do we make money and, off of this? And getting married, like the amount of oh weddings cost. God, yes. Oh my God. That is a really good point. Thank you. You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Not a genius, just a strong feminist and anti-capitalist. But you know, we, we did get some just comments. Just a socialist. <laughs> we, you know, we got some questions about being single, but we also got some comments that were really positive. Oh my God, like somebody said being single is the best. What did somebody say? Single is the best life. I think that's fucking awesome. Right? Like, okay. So if you were, if you're single and your focus is, I just want to be in a relationship, I feel bad about the fact. So what about, what do you get out of being single? Like, what are the positive things? And we talked Mm -hmm. about that earlier. Um, And that's something to focus on too, because I think so easily because of the social pressure we tend to focus on what we don't have. Yeah. I mean, so this person we're talking about from your wedding, they've like skyrocketed in their career. Oh yeah, crushing it. Right? And they are like, you know, maintain relationships. They look unbelievable. You know, like they're like their healthiest self. Right. And because they're able to give time to that. Right. And so there are just so many positive things that come from being single. Absolutely. And so if you're single listening to this right now, I need you to take a minute. I'm going to ask you to take a breath and I'm going to try like to think about with ingratitude, like what works about your life right now. It's not all bad. We have this fear and this anxiety and this stress, but slow it down and, and go from a gratitude standpoint. Because grass is always greener. Oh my God. Right? Like we're always thinking about, you know, what what, you know, could we have that's different than what we have now. And we yeah. tend to not focus on what are the good things, what do we feel good about and what we're experiencing in this moment. Right. Okay. So like here's here are just a few different comments we got from people. 32 and single. Everyone's getting married around me and I can't find a partner. Here's the next person. Um, single life. I'm 31 and single. When is Mr. Wright going to appear when sifting through dating apps and trying to trying to find someone with your values? I have no idea what else to say to you besides you're right. This fucking sucks. Right. It's hard. This is just so hard. It is hard. First of all, I want to say I'm really proud of you for not settling. Because here's the thing. If you wanted to be in a relationship, you could. Right. It maybe would not be a very healthy relationship and you might not really love them. And you might, might not, not get your needs fulfilled. Yep, but you could be in one if that's all you're looking for. So I'm so impressed that you're looking for more, that you're looking for a partner, that you're looking for emotional support. Those are all incredibly important things. So I know it's hard and maybe you tuned into this podcast hoping we were going to tell you the magic pill of how to find someone, but we're not right. because we're not going with the rest of the fucking multi-billion dollar dating industry. This is just how do I live it? And it's not just about like surviving being single. It's like how do I thrive in it? Like one of these questions we got was, I'm scared of being lonely and single in my late years, struggling with daily life alone. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, we spoke to that a little bit in terms of being lonely, once again, very normal human emotion. And that – you don't just get your fulfillment from romantic relationships. Yes. You get it from other places. And I think one of the tough things, too, is that when you get to certain ages, um, a lot of your friends that you relied on for that support end up getting into relationships, and their support is coming from their romantic relationships, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if 
your if you no longer no longer have that friendship support there because they're you know they're focusing on their family, they're focusing on their kids, then another thing to think about is how do you you might need to make other groups of friends too. Right? Like you oh, might need yeah. to reach out to friends who are also single. So how do you so how do you suggest doing that? I think that finding certain environments, going to different environments, you have to put yourself out there. You do, yeah. Right? And so, like, that's work, too. It's a different kind of work. Right. So, like, if you choose to go to, like, a group fitness class as opposed to go to the- work at a gym by yourself. Right. Like, there's, like, a really, like, it- it's a simple change you could make, which might feel better. Right. And so, like, if dating is feels exhausting to you, then, like, how do you find your support in different places, mm-hmm. right? Where, like, maybe the friends you once relied on who are now in relationships, they're married, maybe they're building families. You know, if you're not getting that same support that you used to get, then how can you find it somewhere else? You are never stuck, right? It might feel mm-hmm. like you're stuck, and that feels very hard. But you always have the option of doing something different. Yeah. You and have so much more power than you think you do. Exactly. And that's, I think, something really important that we yeah. need to drive home. Okay. So um, how do you let someone in after being single for years? This is a really tough one. I find this to be very challenging. Okay. Tell me. Well, so I've been in a relationship a long time. Yes. I met my partner very young. But we were apart for a lot of that relationship. We were in grad school um, in different parts of the world. And so I lived by myself. Right. And I know that's not the same as being single, but I cannot tell you how hard of a transition that was to when we then moved to the same city, share a life together. Right. I mean, that was the most difficult thing. I, I actually cannot believe we survived it in our relationship. It was so fucking hard. Long distance is so hard. We got a lot of questions about that Wait, too in our other podcast. Wait, that I thought was easier than moving in together. I mean, that was that <laughs> very hard. I thought that being long distance was easier than right. when we first moved in together. Oof. That was so hard for That's me. such a Because transition. I liked my space a certain way. I had my stuff a certain way. I had a routine. It was really hard for me to change that. Right. And so that's one of the hardest things is how do you let someone in after being single for years? It doesn't happen overnight. I think it's an ongoing thing. And I think the importance of communication with your partner in doing that. Of saying like, this is like a really hard change. When you've been single for a long time, just the way you would. If you were to have been in a relationship and then you have to adjust to being single. If you were single, you have to adjust to being in a relationship. Transition times are not about instant gratification, instant change. They're about the journey and the process and it's long, hard work. We are a generation of people that wants instant results. I get it. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) it's not real we're also a generation that has a tough time sitting with pain yeah right and so in transitions in general are just hard Mm -hmm. but if you think about all of the transitions that you've made in your life because everyone's made them yeah you get through them right it just takes some time so as long as you can hold on to know like this is a tough transition it's hard communication is important um, but it's something I will get through. I've gotten through it Absolutely. over and over and over again. And, and how, though? But like, we're talking about action. Right. So, right, so, so if we think about sitting in emotions, we're talking about distress tolerance. That is sitting in unpleasant emotions. Here's one of the quickies things you can do. Do the, the opposite of whatever your anxiety is telling you to. If your anxiety is telling you to isolate, go out. If your anxiety, if your anxiety is telling you to blow everything up, keep going. If your anxiety is telling you to quit, rest. Do the opposite of what your anxiety is saying. And sit in it. I know that's hard. All of this is hard. 
like we said from from the first episode nothing we're going to talk about is going to be easy it's just going to be worth it and nothing's perfect yes and I think that sometimes people write in you know asking to see if we have some sort of perfect answer a lot of the times we're saying just sit in your stress and work through it Mm -hmm. and know yourself and you will get through it because the fact of the matter is you will and I think we said this in a previous podcast one of the one, one of the really important things that we have learned is like how resilient people are so somebody asked a question I'm realizing at 32 I don't think I've ever been in love and now I just wonder if I'm capable oh honey you're capable also love means different things for different yeah. people you know and have you ever loved a family member have you ever loved a friend you're capable of love you're capable we we discount friendship love we discount um a familiar love it is not there is such a pressure on romantic love and a lot of this is historically because women were up like there was like this pressure of um when are we had these really gender typical ideas of relationships mm-hmm. you need to find a man for money you need to find a wife for children so we put all this pressure on romantic love and the thing is there's just so many amazing types of relationships that can come so you are capable of love if you want it you can find it but don't stress too much about that i know it's scary you know what i think too as women they're you know just because we're, we were raised more so to be relational, mm-hmm. that there's, you know, a validation that can come with being in a relationship. And that's a hard thing to fight. Yeah. Right? And so if you're not in a relationship, there's – you kind of feel invalidated, right? Yeah. Like it's my job to connect with someone or to feel connected. And so that's something we have to fight, you know, in single life. And, and the fact of the matter is, as opposed to focusing on connecting to someone else, how can you focus on – connecting with yourself absolutely so this person asked about single and dating over 40 i think it's better right here's the thing when you hit into your 30s into your 40s you know yourself at a different level than in your 20s when you're in your 40s one the nice thing is a lot of people are getting divorced so it all comes back around again right <laughs> so for everyone cyclical who's, so when everyone who's in their late 20s freaking out don't worry half those people are gonna end up divorced so don't worry the time comes again <laughs> just be patient just be patient everything comes back around again so in your 40s you have a different opportunity but you also put up with less shit yeah you could have more confidence you have more stability so think about what that means you know people get really obsessed also about what other people are going to think if I'm divorced, if I'm single at 40. Fuck other people. Fuck other people. Fuck other people, man. It's none of their business. It's No one else's opinion of you is ever your damn business. That's a really important thing because I think that that does affect too, you know, how you feel about yourself in your single life. Like, how are other people going to see me, right? Like, oh, you know, poor you. You're not in a relationship. Well, the fact of the matter is... It might not be poor you. You might be having the time of your life. Yeah. You might be very comfortable in your singledom. So whatever other people think is none of your business. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. Is Jen, it time for our game? Jen, you're up. Am I up? Yeah. Where you asked me the question? Uh-huh. <gasps> Are you ready? No. This is personal versus professional. Okay, I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Okay. So Jen... You're at Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. What am I eating? I, I don't know personally how you feel. I don't like Thanksgiving. I don't like Thanksgiving food. I really, God, it's very heavy. I don't also, feel good. The turkey, I'm so sorry to my parents if you're listening. Your turkey's so dry. <laughs> 
Wait, here's the other thing. So I'm also, I don't know if I've talked about this, but, but I have struggled with um, an eating disorder and disordered eating for most of my life. So for a lot of people that struggle with this, holidays can be incredibly triggering. Yes. And here's one of the things that are triggering. It's not about the fucking food. You want to know what the worst thing that's triggering about the holidays is that you have people on social media saying like, here's your holiday workout so you can eat later. Or like right? get it, there's like specials on workout classes in the morning of Thanksgiving so you can eat more later. That fucking sucks. Stop putting that online. And also, just so everyone knows, it does not matter what you ate that day. You're still allowed to eat whatever the fuck you want at night. Yes. So for anyone who might be struggling this Thanksgiving with that feeling, um, we're with you. We're thinking about we you. We support you. Eat your heart out for whatever feels Enjoy. comfortable. Enjoy. Yes. Enjoy yourself. Make it about just enjoying food. Um, trying to stay present in it, you know, it, it can be a hard thing. So let's go to personal versus professional. God, I thought I was dodging that. I know. But it's because it's about, my question's about Thanksgiving. You're at Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. You're at Thanksgiving dinner. You're single. And single. everyone at your damn family is asking you, when you're going to find Mr. Right. Which probably happens so often. It probably happens so often. So, Jen, personal versus professional. Let's go. Um. Okay. So let me start with, I'll start with professional because I feel like we tend to start with professional. I think that. Because we like to avoid personal. Because Jen wants to avoid personal. I like to avoid personal. Mm -hmm. And so let me start with professional. So I think to my clients, I would say, what boundaries do you feel like you need for Thanksgiving, okay. right? So pre, so pre-thinking out boundaries. Pre-thinking out boundaries beforehand. Don't go in unprepared. All right. Prepare for these questions, um, and the fact of the matter is, you get to say whatever you want to say. You don't have to give people any information. You can also, you know, be very supportive of your single life, and so you get to decide how much you tell people and what kind of boundaries you set up. That's what I would say is that okay. like really going in knowing what your boundaries are and how much information you want to disclose because the fact of the matter is it's no one's business. Yeah. Okay, so let's say, so what would you say to your clients? What would you say for their answer to that question? If they were to say, when are you going to find Mr. Right? Yeah. Well, I guess that's more of a, because that's a thing is that like I would work it out with them and that goes kind of goes into my personal response, mm-hmm. which, and I, as we talked about, <laughs> am very boundaried. Don't talk about myself very much. No. And I think that personally, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am doing my own thing. I think that that would be my response. Like very vague, and very like, dismissive <laughs> and avoidant. And then would you just walk away? Yeah, and then I would chuck the turkey dinner, and I would just run out the door screaming. We're like, I'm different. I would, like, go into, like, a feminist rant. Would you? Yeah, see, no. <laughs> I would, in About my head. About why you shouldn't yeah. ask someone that so question. So, in my head. So, actually, that happens to me a lot um, with kids now that I'm married. People yes. will say, like, oh, when are you going to have kids? And you're never having kids. And I'm not having kids. And so, but the automatic. And that's, and that's a choice. You're and that's choosing, a choice. Yeah, you've, and you've known that for but as long as I've known yes, you. Yes. I mean, since I, I didn't even like kids when I was a kid. Like Jenna, but you're pretty good around my baby, but you're kind of freaked cute. out by her. Yeah, like I don't know what to do with babies. <laughs> She's like, ah. I just, I talk to them like they're adults. <laughs> She's like, how's your 401k, I'm Millie? I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> so, but it's, it's kind of the same thing because uh-huh. I get that question a lot. And how do you reply to it? Um, once again, very dismissive. I, or actually, the fact of the matter is, I actually make people very uncomfortable. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because I say, I'm not having kids. I don't like them. 
and people are like, ah, they're so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. And so, but my, I guess my point of doing that is to reflect back that it's inappropriate to ask people these questions because you're operating under the assumption that your life should go in very specific ways, Uh right? When you hit a certain age, you should be in a relationship, you should get married, and then you should have kids. When the fact of the matter is that's not how it works. No, but I do think for the most part, it is just like um, being at Thanksgiving dinner and when you were in college, people were like, what's your major? Like, I can't answer this question again. I think people just talk just to talk. They don't know what else to say to you. No one's not thinking about the impact. Like, people aren't these bad evil things that are after you even if it's triggering check yourself and say like all right maybe this is triggering because it's a sensitive source subject for me and then you can meet it with that place you don't have to react to everything most people are not bad or trying to hurt you they just don't know what the fuck to say to you and i think after people ask you over and over and over again it ends up turn you end up coming from a more reactive place absolutely so that was our episode and that was it all right guys so next week we have an amazing person. We have our great guest, Bryn Sicipio of uh, Bryn Sicipio LMFT and Associates. It uh, uh, runs a check around a therapy with Bryn. We're going to have a whole episode on finding a therapist, red flags for therapy, um, a expectations, we, expectations for we, therapy. Uh, a few, and then a, and a part on that for some of our MFT and uh, therapy grad students of people that have written in. We, th- we talk about. We thought it was important. Just in case you've never been to therapy or you've been to therapy before and have had horrible experiences, we want people to know what it's like, what to expect, what the red flags are. Mm -hmm. And so... So check out that episode. Check it out. out. Thank you so much. Hey guys, rate, subscribe, review. We love you. Be kind to yourself. We love you. you.